0: Welcome in everyone to the newest episode of Side Mission. It's your boys, Rusty Ellis, Kyle Lynch. And today, Kyle, oh my God. I've been waiting for this episode. Ever since Deathloop dropped a couple weeks ago. I know we've been waiting to talk about this game. So no, no, we're not gonna we're not gonna you know string you along. We're not gonna make you wait. Let's just get right into it, Kyle. First of all, let's just talk about how this game caught us both completely by surprise. Because I don't think either one of us expected this game to be anything more than maybe just a fun game to play for, you know, a couple days. Oh, yeah. Like, when I...
1: When we first saw this game announced, uh, we were like, yeah, you know, game looks cool. I think it'll be, you know, one that we pick up, and then, you know, as it went along, it didn't really build up a, a lot of hype. I think we talked about the how you know, we didn't see a whole lot of hype for this game until I think it was a day or two before it released. The reviews dropped, and Then gameplay started coming out. We started seeing, you know, uh, more and more about it. We're like, all right, I'm kind of excited about this. But when we loaded it up and we, I think, were about an hour in, we were already talking about how this was going to be a contender for Game of the Year because it was so gorgeous to look at and ran so smoothly on the PS5.
0: I think that's what I was going to ask you was do Do you remember at what point we kind of started thinking like wow like this game is actually something really special like this is This is a game that could actually make some noise in the game of the year competition. I, I don't maybe it was that very first day because how much did we really know about this game coming in? If you really think about it, we didn't know a lot about this game coming in. You know, we saw the same kind of trailers uh, from Arcane and from Bethesda at uh you know the state of play from you know PlayStation we saw we saw the same kind of trailers. we didn't really know 100% what kind of game this was going to be it, it kind of had some elements of a roguelike after playing it it has more elements of a metroidvania uh, obviously it's a first person action game similar to the dishonored series cuz it's made by the same people it's got first person shooter elements we didn't really know what this game was going to be but it ended up being uh, as far as I'm concerned, really just masterclass game design because the way the levels are designed and the way that your objectives are handed out to you, the way that you 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 know you get information, I feel like this needs to be like the blueprint for any games moving forward. Of I mean, if you want to design a game or design a game to you know really keep players invested and to keep players playing, I feel like this is the game you need to look at. Hey, Kyle, I have to I have to ask you. Gameplay-wise, what do you think the strongest element of this game was? Because I feel like there were a lot of elements that were really, really, really good. I would have to
1: say the strongest element is probably the way that they did their day-night cycle. The way that they made it so you have four different times of day. Your morning, noon, afternoon, and night. And how you could go to each location at a different time of day and make it feel different. There would be different enemies, there'd be different buildings opened up, there would be, you know, uh, uh, different obstacles to overcome, and it was, I mean, it was very unique. I don't think I've ever seen a day-night cycle mechanic work like this. That was, that was honestly probably my favorite part of the game, because I could explore an entire area in the morning, and then come back in the afternoon, and it there was just so much more to explore. there was just so many more secrets, so many more enemies to take down and this game really, really figured out a way to uh, not necessarily reuse the same areas, but at the same time, yes, like it's they were it using fresh the same, I think yeah, they kept it fresh using the same areas but creating new environments within these areas.
0: I think that that is one of the most impressive parts of this game. Is that Kyle? You know, we're both. You know, you're 25, about to turn 26. I just turned 26. Happy birthday to me! Um, <laughs> but we've 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 played a lot of games in our in our short time on this earth. We've played a lot of games, and we've seen a lot of day night day night cycles. Never seen one like this where you have. Four periods of the day. You have the morning, the noon, afternoon, and evening. Uh, you have four areas you can explore at any time. And when you go there, like let's say you go to one area in the morning, uh, time doesn't advance forward in the day until you leave that area. And that's really interesting. I, I've never, it's a day-night cycle concept that I've never really thought of. I've never really thought would ever be a possibility. That's never occurred to me that you can do a day-night cycle like that because in open world games, we're so used to as, you know, we go, you know, you know we, we go throughout the world, we do these missions. We're just so used to that, okay, the day-night and cycle will just progress as we're playing, and it'll just be natural. Uh, this is completely different from that, but it didn't feel, it didn't feel, I, I, I'm i trying to, I'm struggling for the word right now, but it, it felt, it didn't feel disjointed. It didn't feel like it wasn't, it didn't feel like it flowed poorly. It felt like it flowed very well. Um, and especially early on in the gameplay, you know, you learn to explore and finding information the the other mechanic i really like and i think a lot of games similar to this could learn from is the idea that yes you know as you start over another loop your weapons unless you've infused them and we'll get more on that later the unless you've infused them they disappear but any information or any knowledge that you the player uh, you know the player you're playing as is, is colt any knowledge that colt learns it carries over with him so you don't have to go to the same places over and over again to relearn information or to re-get a code for a safe. I like that. That's 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 a, a game that's a game developer understanding that we already know this information. There's no need to make us go to it again. At that point, it just becomes really, really repetitive. And in a game that relies on you starting the same day over and over and over again, I feel like it'd be very easy to get repetitive. But this game's ability to avoid that feeling cannot be, under, cannot be overstated. This game avoids feeling repetitive. And it's funny because the very premise is repeating the same day over and over again. So let's talk a little bit more about the game in depth, Kyle. Obviously, we're going to get into spoilers. So now's your chance to click off if you want to play Deathloop spoiler free. You might want to stop listening right here. Don't worry. The episode's on Spotify. Shout out Spotify. It, it, it'll, it'll be here for you when you're done. But if you don't care about spoilers or you've already beaten the game, we're gonna get into it now. So you play as Colt, and I think the first thing we need to talk about, Kyle, is the two main characters in this game, Colt and Juliana, two assassins that are going after each other. Uh, you know, over the course of this day, this you know, this 24-hour cycle, they are expertly voice acted, and I think that both of the both of these voice actors should be commended. Hopefully, they'll both be in the running at the end of the year for some kind of award.
1: Yes, these voice actors were fantastic. I I absolutely loved the way that they expressed emotion consistently throughout so many different interactions and scenes. And there were a lot of times where, like, their interactions felt so realistic. They felt very genuine, and it wasn't, you know, forced robotic or, you know, I, I really enjoyed hearing these characters interact and watching them, you know, go through different dialogue scenes and... uh. Another really interesting part is, so as you're playing as Colt, Juliana hunts you down and she can invade your game at any time uh, while you're playing. Now, Very Dark Souls-like. Very, yeah. <laughs> very Dark Souls-like. <laughs> the, the char- so Juliana can be either a playable character that invades your game, or you can have a setting where you switch to AI if you're just looking for a story experience, which... I would recommend if you're trying to just get through this game and, you know, experience the story as smooth as possible. But uh it's kind of the big the big twist is, you know, you can be going through having, you know, this perfect run and then all of a sudden Juliana's, you know, in your game and she's hunting you down and your tunnels are close. You can't leave until you kill her or until you, you know, hack the tunnels and open them up and escape. Um but what I thought was uh was really really interesting was the entire time you are playing as Colt, you don't have any memory of what's happened here how long you've been here or who any of these people are and as you go on uh like Rusty said you start gaining more and more knowledge and that's what you're taking throughout these loops and you start figuring things out piecing things together and uh you're having constant constant dialogue uh Uh, scenes with Juliana every single time you load up. And as you get more and more progressed, she starts to get more and more frustrated. And she's letting out, uh, you know, clues here and there. And um, Rusty kind of figured it out a little bit early on. But (laughs) there is a really, really big twist that Juliana is Colt's daughter. Now, Rusty, how did you feel when you heard that?
0: (laughs) Well, it's funny because a lot of the dialogue, one of the lines that sticks out to be early in the game in the tutorial is um, the very first time you encounter her is, uh, you know, she uses one of the slab abilities. And, again, we'll talk about the slabs here in a minute. Uh, The slab, she used Carnesis, you know, to pick Colt up, kind of bring him up through that window or that glass ceiling in this building, and they confront each other. And then she slams him back down, and he he utters the phrase, "Uh, Yep, we dated. And it just, it makes all of that so much funnier (laughs) now. It is so much funnier now, but it's an incredible twist because it just adds so many more layers to the fact that, you know, she's trying to kill you. So now the question is, why is that? You know, the question is, why is she trying to kill you? And you figure that out at the end. But man, when when that got revealed, that was, first of all, it was very well hidden. It was very well hidden. They didn't really hint at it at all. At least I don't believe they did. I don't believe they hinted at it at all before you find the note that kind of more or less tells you that, oh, this is your daughter, by the way. So it's it, it was interesting because they hit it very well, but it also makes a lot of the earlier dialogue where Colt's like, so uh, did we date or something? Like it, it makes that so much funnier. But outside of those two, I think the other thing that needs uh, commending, and I think that the writing of the game has a lot to do with this as well, uh, the uh, the eight visionaries. Let's talk more about that. So the point of the game is you're trying to break this 24 hour loop. You want out. You don't want to be stuck on Black Reef, the name of this island. You don't want to be stuck on Black Reef anymore. So you find out that the only way to get to break the loop is to kill all eight of these visionaries in one day. And I have to say, one thing I loved was how different each of these visionaries felt. There's one that's a radio morning show host. There's, you know, a couple that are scientists. There's one that designs this elaborate escape room kind of game that, that you know you end up, you end up having to go through to, in order to get to him. There's one that you know, provide, provided the funding for all of this program on this island that hosts a party every night. and they, they all felt so different. That's not even all of them, but they all just felt so different. And I appreciated that, because it would have been very easy to just have eight faceless goons. That would have been very, very easy for them to do that. But instead, each of them were given a personality. There's Harriet, who is a scientist, but she's also this kind of motivational speaker of sorts. Because, Kyle, if you remember, when you go after her in the morning, the only time she's available, she's giving this motivational speak, this motivational speak, this speech, my bad, uh, to all of her followers, and it almost feels like a cult. But it's it's this weird motivational speech that she's giving them. So she's kind of weird, but then you have Ramblin' Frank, who is this again, this radio morning show host, who just goes on and on and on while you're hunting him about you know your friendship with him and your relationship with him. They did a good job of creating eight dynamic characters, with Juliana obviously being the eighth one. They did a good job of creating eight dynamic characters, Kyle, and I feel like they should be commended on that.
1: Oh yeah the the other thing I think that really was done well was so these eight visionaries essentially um, they have their own kind of area that they'll be yep. at you know at a at a certain time. Now, spoiler alert, that's not always where you end up killing them in the final loop. But um, I really enjoyed how they made that area fit their personality. Like for example. My favorite visionary was probably Charlie. I loved yes. going after Charlie. It was it was a lot of fun because he had this level where there were, uh, like, there were three or four different uh, uh, stories, and each story was a different like theme, and it was kind of like this outer space alien invader kind of uh, theme, but it was it was really cool that you know you got to kind of go throughout this little game and each time you entered a new floor um this robot called 2bit would say that you know oh the invader has made it to this floor and so then all the enemies know that you know oh hunt him on this floor and um, when you get to charlie and you know, so you find him, and he's in this little hideaway, and he's just trying to play video games. He starts screaming. He's so mad. He starts throwing this style, ass, basically, big,
0: basically old man child.
1: Yeah, he's he's basically this big fucking baby, and he keeps <laughs> starts. <laughs> he that, starts is, that is what he is. He starts <laughs> throwing big this big baby. ass temper tantrum and gets all mad. He starts screaming and wailing, and I I thought it was really funny because they really tailored not only this character to be this you know this big man child who's just who just wants to sit around and you know do nothing and you know no play video games but if you look at the area he's in he kind of made his whole area this big playground for him to go around and you know hunt people which it's it's kind of messed up because if you think about it when you kill you know, uh, enemies, their bodies—they—they uh, they don't stay; they—they they disappear. And the way they explain that is, you, when you die, you just re-loop. So, in this game, yep. Charlie essentially literally hunts people and kills them, and then they re-loop, which is pretty messed up.
0: But I thought it was—it was, it was it a really, very really interesting up. area. <laughs> I think that my favorite. Uh, visionary to go after ultimately. And it was because of how big and how significant he was ultimately in the, uh, in the, in the final loop. I love going after Alexis personally, because Alexis is this, uh, he's this, he's the guy that, you know, he, he's the primary funder of this program called the Eon program, which is how all of this comes to be. And he's this brash, arrogant, cocky bastard that, you know, you even find an audio tape later of like you know how do, how do you announce your presence or how how do you how do you take over a room or you know the the you know the attention in the room and his answer to that is simple I am the room and it's like he's that kind of guy he's that kind of fucking asshole so he's he 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 has this extravagant party and it's got this theme I don't remember what it is. I think it was called like the devouring of the lambs or something it's yeah, really yeah. really fucked up but like all of the guests are wearing wolf masks including him so you're tasked essentially with figuring out okay which one is alexis and there's great great tells for which one he is and there's multiple ways to find out you can go and you can mess with the music and if you put on if you combine the right numbers and the combination he'll announce his presence and he'll take over the dance floor or there's this stage where people are talking, kind of giving like weird confessionals. One's talking about how they're going to smoke wherever they want to smoke and nobody's going to stop them. And it's really weird, but it's also kind of funny at the same time. Well, if you wait long enough, eventually he will step up to the mic. And what you don't know, at least at first, is there's a trap door under where the person that's talking to the mic, under where they're standing, there's a trap door that you can activate and you can kill him like that. Because it'll drop him into, what, into his meat grind. And you end up learning how to kind of tell him apart. One thing I figured out, and Kyle, I was so proud of myself when I figured this out. You can tell Alexis apart really easily because he is the only one carrying two gold SMGs. Hey, that's
1: true. That's actually true. He's I the didn't think only about
0: one. That. You can actually tell him apart because he's carrying two gold SMGs that are in plain sight. You can essentially kill him with a silenced weapon that way. If you wanted to, but I loved going after him because the party, I mean, there's like, what kind of like 40, 50 enemies at this party. Yeah, there's I like, mean, if you get caught out of stealth, you get caught out of stealth. You're screwed. Like oh, you're, God. you're having to blast through enemy after enemy and you're having to pick up their ammo because it gives you a good enough, a good amount of ammo. But I mean, to kill that many people, I mean, it takes forever, but yeah. I, I like that there were all just different ways to go after these visionaries. And, Eventually, along the way, like you said, you find out that Juliana is your daughter. And the one thing that that kind of made me think was, okay, based on the banter, and Colt says this at one point, is that, okay, I've found this out before. I've found this information before. I've killed every visionary before. I've gotten to where I could break the loop. Why do I keep coming back? Like, how have I not broken this loop yet? And I thought that that was really interesting because it got me thinking about that. Like, Juliana has spent the entire game talking about how Colt has almost broken the loop several times. But yet, for some reason, he hasn't. And so you get to the end of the story after you've killed the seven visionaries, you've got Juliana left, and she tells you that, essentially, Colt always hated her. From the moment that, you know, his 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 lover Lila came down with you know the pregnancy, he always hated her. And eventually one day he killed her. And the loop kept happening and the same thing kept happening, the same day kept reoccurring. And eventually Juliana started fighting back, and that's why she's you know, they've been, you know, trying to kill each other. And Kyle, I don't know about you. But that, to me, opened this story up even more than it already was. This story was already good. Learning that made, took the story from good to amazing.
1: Yeah, that was, that was crazy. I was, I was blown away. It got really, really deep. And the writing has to be commended again for this game. Absolutely fantastic writing. I mean, the way, the way this entire game was built from start to finish had me on the edge of my seat and one th- so one thing that uh I we we kind of talked about it a little bit um the way that they have you going throughout the game restarting every day and your main goal is to obtain information um I really enjoyed how they don't make your main goal just finding crazy weapons to just you know wipe out these visionaries really easily it's it's all about you know going going after that information learning new combinations learning where these visionaries are going to be at which times of which you know or uh, which places at which times of day so that way you can effectively take them all out in one go but there's also the option for you to infuse uh, your You've got weapon trinkets, you've got your weapons, you've got character trinkets, and then you have slabs. So, the way you infuse your weapons and your weapon trinkets is you get this stuff called, I think, we think it's called Residium. Um, Residium, yeah. I think that's how
0: it's pronounced.
1: And you collect enough of it by either gathering it from uh, infused objects while you're in an area, Um, you can get it from... Uh, selling off other weapon trinkets or weapons that you picked up, or you know, uh, there's 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 many different ways to to get it, but they kind of they they let you essentially build this class around you know uh, the your play style because early on in the game it's it's a little bit it's a little bit difficult to do stealth. You have to really kind of build up your arsenal until you have enough you know, uh, enough upgrades to be able to effectively take out enemies without being seen, without being heard. But, and I'll I'll let Rusty go go in a little bit more about this, Uh, but but one thing that was the most interesting is the reason to go after these visionaries over and over is for their slabs, which can also be infused.
0: Slabs are one of my favorite parts of the gameplay by far. And I think it's because all of them felt usable. And now there is obviously, depending on your play style, there's a couple that might suit you more. If you're more run and gun, then yeah, the Carnesis ability to you know to levitate enemies, slam them down, to push them away, essentially using the force from Star Wars. <laughs> that's uh, true. <laughs> it's true. that's what it is. Uh, that might that might suit you better. But if you want to go stealth, the 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 Aether slab or the Ether slab, that that might. That might be the one because that's the one that allows you to turn invisible for a few seconds or for for as long as your power bar holds out. Uh, There's also there's the shift ability, which allows you to move from one place to another as long as you can visibly see that place. You know, it allows you to move from one place to another without being spotted, allows you to go through lasers undetected, allows you to stay in stealth. Uh, There's also the Havoc Slab, which, again, running gun, that is one you need to use because it allows you to deal out much more damage, and you can also take a lot more damage health-wise. There's the Nexus ability. That's another great one for, you know, and I know I sound like I'm just going through all of them. I'm just going to, I'll finish with the Nexus slab real quick. Uh, That's one where you're able to link enemies together to where whatever you do to one enemy happens to the others. So if you link a group of five enemies together, and you get a headshot on one to kill him, the four others die as well. These slabs end up being some of the best part of the gameplay because once you start infusing them and it does take time but once you start infusing them and you keep them and you get used to using them you figure out new ways to use them it really takes the gameplay to another level you know there's the the number one thing about this game is the longer you play it the better this game will be if you play this game for three or four hours yeah you probably won't love it all that much but if you put the time in on this game you will learn to love it because Every element consistently improves, consistently keeps getting better. And I love that. The slabs and the weaponry as well. I felt like every weapon that I picked up was viable. I know that my main weapon, and me and Kyle played a little bit differently, but my main weapon was a silenced SMG that you can find in the complex area. Uh, you know, just you have to get through a laser grid, but if you have shift, obviously you just shift right on through it and you're good. But I maimed that because that allowed me to go into stealth and clear out an entire area without being spotted. It also was very, very powerful. Um, The shotguns are really good as well. Whether you're using the Trencher, which is a pump action, or you're using the streelock, which is more of a kind of a dinner plate gun because you've got the two round magazines that you shove into the side of it. And uh, that's more, again, just that. I feel like that's more of a long-range weapon. Kyle... Uh, what were some of the weapons you made? I know you also liked the uh the rapier, the sniper rifle.
1: Yeah, yeah, that one was fun and uh the 4 pounder, it's uh it's a yes. large bullet pistol. <laughs> and that thing it,
0: it fires shotgun, right? Yeah, on.
1: that thing literally, I mean, it's a, I'm pretty sure it's a one shot for most enemies in the game. I I loved it. It was it was a little bit difficult to use because it's really it only has one bullet, so you gotta reload after every shot and kinda of early on, um, before I had this weapon trinket that made me reload ten times as fast, I had to reload that bullet between every shot real slow and it 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 was kind of a you know, a decent trade off because it was like, Hey, you can kill an enemy in one shot, but also got a really slow reload time but once you put that weapon trinket on that makes you reload really fast and you know uh you got other ones that obviously increase the accuracy the range the damage and all that but really just the reload speed that that was all i needed and i was going to town i would snap the people and just pow 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 <laughs> it was it was pretty nice the way you could you know uh just take down enemies real fast i was a little bit more run and gun i think uh then i i did stealth Sometimes sometimes I was just like, Man, I'm just trying to get through this day and I don't have time for y'all. So
0: <laughs> I think another gun that I really liked was Rambling Franks, the one that you can keep yes. firing it while it's reloading. I thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah, that was really interesting and uh that one and uh the Street Lacquer shotgun. It's got two uh uh disc magazines and that thing yep. has so much gun. range. Yeah, that thing is that thing was crazy. It had so much range, and that was another one where a lot of times you could you could end up killing them on one or two shots. And I I loved it. And it, it held a lot of ammo as well. And obviously, I put more trinkets on to increase the ammo. But it really I really liked how they they didn't necessarily make the weapons customizable with attachments or with skins. They more so made it. it They gave you these trinkets that had, you know, certain trade-offs. It was, well, it makes this better, but you still have this, you know, that's, you know, keeping it from being broken. And I feel like this is a game where almost every single gun is balanced.
0: Yes. That's hard to do. I'm with you 100% on that. I think that every weapon was viable in this game. But I'd be lying if I didn't if I didn't mention one other part of the gameplay that was really good, the hacking. Really really enjoyed the hacking thoroughly here, especially when it came to hacking turrets. Kyle, we learned that was basically OP. Oh yeah, dude. We
1: would we would just turn on turret and the cool thing was you could hack a turret and then – so you could uh, you could disable it, and it would turn into like this little suitcase that you could pick up and carry around. So you could carry around turrets, and then you could find a group of enemies, throw that turret out, and activate it, and it would just gun down all those enemies.
0: So much fun. That I remember like there were moments where I was like, you know, I wonder if I could take down a visionary doing this. And then I did it, and I was like, wow, that's OP. <laughs> I love it. That's overpowered. The hacking – that – I'm not going to lie, when it came to my character trinkets, I remember that I prioritized hacking big time. I had the one skill that allowed you to hack from further away and the other skill that allowed you to hack much quicker. So I was hacking turrets in like two seconds, whereas at the start of the game, it takes a full like five, six seconds to hack. And that, when you cut that time down to only to about a third of that, oh man, it's so overpowered. You don't realize how good that is or how little time that is until you have it. But I think that that was a part of the game that I really loved was the hacking because, again, it just it gave you a chance to play in stealth a little bit more, the better you got at hacking. That's so, true. We've talked about a lot of positives, and this game has a plethora of positives, obviously. We love this game. Uh, I think the biggest negative, Kyle, and I think you'll agree with me here, um, I wish that there wasn't just one set way to, and to break the loop. Yes. That's the one thing that I kind of find find myself stuck on is I wish that you could break the loop in other ways. You know, I wish that you could, like, you know, okay, so, like, this visionary will be, you know, he's mainly going to be here, but at this time of the day, he'll be over here with these two other visionaries. And it's, you know, in different situations, you know, than just, like, okay, you got to get these two over here, you got to get this person here. I, I wish that there was more than one way to break the loop, but... Again, that feels like a nitpick for this game. Yeah, I think that <clears throat> I think that
1: maybe I would, maybe we kind of misinterpreted when we went into this game, but I think we both had the idea that yeah. you were going to essentially find out where the different visionaries were at different times of day and then you get a final loop where you get to choose, you know, how you're going to go about, you know, taking down which visionaries at which day, you know, because I was thinking that you were going to be able to do certain things while you're, you know, say in the morning you could go take down uh, a Harriet. And then while you're there, you could also do something that causes Charlie to be somewhere in the afternoon, you know, and I, I don't dislike the way that it was done. I think the final loop is, I mean, it was really well put together and the, the final, the, the big, you know, everything you do, all everything that leads up to the final loop was fantastic. But I I think it would have been cool if they had uh if they had done that if they had made it to where you could kill, you know, each visionary where you know, just wherever where you know, find out where they're going to be at which times and just match it up, but all in all, I think that this game was I got to say this is this is probably if you have a PS5, this game is a must. If yes. If you if you are willing to put in the time because the game is it, it is hard. Uh, you know, at the beginning, I won't lie, this game this game is a little bit difficult, but you pick it up fast and it's a lot, a lot of fun. I gotta say, the visuals, the gameplay, all around, this game was fantastic.
0: And, and you know, you talk about it being hard at to, the to start, I think the best part of the game is the final loop. Because you get to the party where there's three of your targets and it is so tense. It is so tense. You feel like the you feel like you make one mistake and you're going to have to restart the entire day and do everything that you've done up to that point over again. It is so tense. But I agree with you. I love it. I think this is a must-own for PS5 owners. If you own a PC, uh, it's I think it's worth trying out on there as well. Um, I don't know how the optimization is on there. I think it was built primarily with the PS5 in mind. I mean, rightfully so. It's you know the best console available right now. But <laughs> A little bit of shade there. I think that it's impressive what the PS5 has done in its first year of being out. We're coming up on that one-year mark. And so far, I would say there are four, or you could argue, no, no it would just be four, it wouldn't be five, because Miles Morales was on the PS4 as well. Uh, there's five. There's four must-own games, in my opinion, for the PS5 right now. And that's Deathloop, Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Returnal, and Demon Souls. I think those are your must own PS5 exclusive. If you own a PS5 and you don't have those games, you are missing out. Deathloop's fantastic. It will be in the game of the year conversation for sure. I'm very happy that I played it. I know that you loved it, but that is going to do it for this episode of Side Mission. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Side Mission Pod. You can follow me as well, Rusty Ellis underscore Kyle at Side Mission on Twitter. Trust me, it's a good thing he doesn't have. So, but that is going to do it for us. He's Kyle. I'm Rusty. Thanks for listening.